We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. <laughs> Yo, my people, KJ Podcast. A little different this week. I've been recording solo for like months at a time now. Got to bring in my boy, Eric Cocker. What's going on? What's up, man? How you doing? You've been blowing up on Twitter. Your breakdowns have become so popular. You're you're a DB and a wide receiver expert. We're gonna touch a lot of topics today. Um, what, what's the latest? What what are you feeling about the 49ers? We're gonna touch Odell Beckham. I'm gonna ask you about the the secondary situation. I guess like the kind of the hot topic right now is who are they gonna pick in the second round? We're all thinking Nick Bosa in round one. Do you? I know you love Nikhil Harry. We can go there. There's a lot of different places to go. But I, let's start in the second round. Is receiver necessary? Is DB necessary? Best player available? What do you think they'll do? Yeah, actually, I'm not as big a fan of Nikhil Harry as a lot of other people I see on social media. Um, I was a big fan of him during the year. But I think, like, most people, you know, during the year, you kind of just watch games, but you're not really, like, critiquing the prospect. So, like, once the season ended and I started watching the kill Harry and I just kind of saw like him for like what he really is. I wasn't as big a fan. I'm not saying he won't be good in the NFL, but I wouldn't take him as high as a lot of other guys. And he's not like a top, you know, receiver in the draft for, in my opinion, just based on some of his limitations. Um, if I was to go second round a receiver, there is one guy that I, I really like, and I've kind of fallen in love with him a little bit more this week, and that's Debo Samuel. And I, I wasn't, that, like, the biggest Debo fan at all, especially, like, during the year. I watched a little bit of stuff on him, and I'm like, man, they just they throw a ton of screens to this guy. They give him the ball in space. He runs. He, yeah, he's good after the catch. And then now, as the season, you know, offseason has progressed, they've loaded, you know, more games to YouTube. So I've had a chance to kind of dive into his film a little bit more. and. He has 
a very, very, very nice skill set. He's not overly tall or anything. He's only like six feet. Uh, he weighs 215 pounds, so he's kind of stocky. But you can use him all over the field. I don't think there's a, a receiver that's better at all levels of the field in this draft than, than Debo Samuel. Yeah, I'm wondering what's going to happen if Kyle sees the same thing as we do too, because I, I love Debo as well. Or does he have a George Kittle type up his sleeve that he's going to pick in the third, fourth round? Someone that no one's even talking about. I feel like Kyle likes random skill guys, even though Dante Pettis was kind of known. You know what I'm saying? It's like it still was random. Yeah. That pick was still a little random. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they're not going to do Andy Isabella second round. Like they wouldn't do that. But I'm wondering what Kyle has up his sleeve. I think the fans are ready for a big receiver to come in here. I think they have to go receiver because. You're going to leave Dante Pettis hanging out to dry. I said that last week on my podcast, and you don't want him to be the number one option every single week. Of course, you do have George Kittle, and you have Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're going to have running backs to throw to as well. But I think for this offense to really click, there's going to have to be someone to step into the X receiver. I'm I'm not 100% confident that they can get in the fourth or fifth round, so I would really like to see this team draft a receiver in the second round. Yeah, I, no, I, you have to do it second round. I mean, there's going to be too many guys to choose from with all kinds of different skill sets, you know, at the top of that second round. Um, you know, even if, say, a guy like – I mean, I saw Daniel Jeremiah's uh, tweet earlier today. I don't know if you saw that, but he said, don't be surprised if only one receiver gets taken. And someone said, what receiver is that? And he said in the first round. So in the first round, don't be surprised if only one receiver gets taken. Wow. Somebody asked, what receiver? And he said, Hollywood Brown. So he's <laughs> thinking that – there's going to be DK, AJ Brown, Butler, um, you know, wow. Debo, all these guys available here, uh, Nikhil Harry, all these guys available at the top of the second round for the 49ers. Yeah, the draft is still a couple of weeks away. It's at that point where it's just like, come on, let's let's get to it. There's a like I haven't even seen <laughs> that much, guys. I'm sure you've been like, what's KJ been up to? I'm raising money with investors right now for blue wire. That's been my main focus during the day, but it's just like, I'm not going to continue to speculate about what could happen here. Let's get the action going. So let's review because I haven't talked to you in a while. We had you on last year um, at a time where the, the secondary, we were really evaluating it. We're always evaluating it. Right. I did not like them not really upgrading the safety position at all. I was beating the drum for Earl Thomas, you know, do something there. I'm a little concerned about that position. Um, Jason Verrett though, I do like, you kind of talked me into him, like take a flyer there. I think they will be okay at corner, but I'm worried about safety. Croc, where are you at with the Niners secondary right now? So I think they've done a, a really weird job of, of how they've attacked the secondary. So last year um, when we first talked, I want to say we spoke right after maybe preseason and you know, or right before preseason. It, you know, it was right when the season was starting. And we yeah. talked about some of the secondary guys. And I was a little bit more optimistic because at that time it was still kind of a wait and see, you know, how these guys develop and, you know, different things. Well, now seeing how, you know, uh, Witherspoon, who, you know, I, I like Witherspoon, but he, he is kind of up and down a little bit. Um, Richard Sherman, when you kind of just watch him, like if you just specifically watch Richard Sherman, he wasn't targeted a whole lot, but he wasn't moving well, in, in my opinion. And when he was targeted, teams were fairly successful. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went right out of him, attacked him. 
the Denver Broncos went right at him with Tim Patrick. He was a 49er uh, in, in preseason. Niners yeah. cut him. He had like seven catches for 80-something yards on, on Richard Sherman. Most people just kind of stayed away from him. But to me, he wasn't, he wasn't Richard Sherman. So that's a huge question mark. And, and then, you know, the secondary chart, you know, hurt again. Colbert hurt again. And, and Colbert wasn't playing all that well um, to start the season. So there was a lot of question marks. And I don't think that they truly answered them this offseason. And then when you look at just the quarter, cornerback position itself, all right, I just I just talked about Richard Sherman. Will he be better? Will his movement skills get better, uh, you know, a year removed from Achilles injury? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, okay, yeah, he's going to get picked on. No, there's right. – he's going to get tested more this year. I think this team is going to miss the playoffs next year because their secondary isn't good enough. And I don't think even drafting a safety in the second round is going to fix all their woes. Safety is a position that takes time normally for someone to learn. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. Like, I don't, they have the cap room. You don't want to spend all of it in the offseason. I love Quan Alexander, that signing as well, but I would have prioritized the safety position. I guess they didn't love the players. Like, you, you can't, you don't know what they're saying exactly in the back of the film rooms there. Um, yeah, so, dude, I'm, I'm worried about the secondary. That's going to be an right. ongoing storyline. I, I think that, like it was a glaring need at safety to have somebody with some consistency um at least have one person in the secondary that has big upside and consistency and we know where earl thomas is so i think i mean more so than any move that they could have made i love the d ford move i like the quan alexander move he's come off an injury but whatever ac okay whatever um but the safety position that was a big need and they addressed it with ward who has been a question mark, you know, like that was their way of addressing safety, kind of basically saying, we believe in him. We want to give him another opportunity to take over this position and let's move him to safety full time because he had been splitting time, you know, at corner and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. There was just a lot of question marks. And then even with Tarverius Moore. To yeah, me, hold on, hold on. Like oh, a, Tarverius yeah, Moore could be the best safety on the roster and they haven't even tried him out right. there. It's what, he, it's what he played in college. I, I just don't get why they're a little ass backwards on, on secondary. They're trying to be too cute with the position. Like, right. they're, they're, they're trying to go opposite of what we think they should do. I, I, I know they don't make any decisions based on fans or what commentators are saying, but I, I, it's leaving me a little uncomfortable. And it's going to suck if this team goes 7-9 and nine and is getting burnt all the time. And, and we saw this coming. Right. And, and to me, the, you know, you, the two weakest spots on the 49ers right now are the, is the, 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 the cornerback, I mean, the defense, the secondary and the receivers. And in a passing league, how are those two, like the biggest needs, your, your biggest weaknesses? You know what I'm saying? Like how is the passing league and you're, you're not great on the back end on defense and your receivers aren't, nobody's scared of them. Yeah, and they're going to say, hey, you know, it's, it's year three. Give us time. So um, they should have at least seven wins this year. Let's assume, Croc, that they take Nick Bosa. Kyler Murray goes one of the Cardinals, which they're, they're going to have to deal with that for a while because I think he's going to be really good. They do get Nick Bosa to bolster their D-line. How do you see them lining up? Like they have D Ford now. They're going to have DeForest Buckner. Uh, is DJ Jones going to be a first down player? Solomon Thomas, how are they going to get him in? Eric Armstead kind of feels like the odd man out. You're, if you have Nick Bosa and D Ford, 
I guess you can slide Eric Armstead inside. They, they do have a lot of versatility on this D-line, so I guess that's one good thing. They can mix and match a lot. Um, it, it feels like Armstead's the odd man out. They picked up his contract. It's going to be like a $9 million hit. Yeah. I don't know. They, they, they made a couple questionable decisions. Every front office does. But D-line, Nick Bosa comes in here. I, I think he could have you know, six, seven, eight sacks next year, and really you're hoping that he makes a big impact. Uh, a, are you taking Nick Bosa at two overall? And then B, how do you think he'll fit in? Oh, yeah, well, I'm 100% taking Nick Bosa. The, I think the thing that, the, you know, even after Nick Bosa, I think the 49ers definitely have a solid line. I, I think the thing that like, is kind of missing, and you can just pick up this guy, and they just haven't, but they don't have any a big body in the middle. Now you have Armstead, you have Buckner, and they're big as far as tall, lean guys, but they're not big as far as people that are hard to move. You know, we don't have that 6'4", 330-pound tackle. So sometimes when you watch the 49ers in the run game, especially like on the goal line, you'll see somebody just walk into the end zone untouched. So I think yeah. that's one thing that hasn't been addressed. You do have athletic guys. They're, they're all athletic. Um, you have big guys that can move. Uh, Solomon Thomas is stout versus a run. Even on the inside, I think he does very well. I do like DJ Jones, but I, I, just, I just think they're missing that one big, stout guy in the middle. You don't have that. Like a Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence would be a good guy to kind of add. Only thing is, I think he might go like second round. So you probably won't be able to get him, but that would be a good guy to kind of add to put in that middle to where, hey, if you guys are going to run, you're not going to move this guy. And then everybody else is going to eat off of that. Yeah, and if they go Nick Bosa, they're not going to pick D-line again, possibly in the entire draft. They have Kentavious Street also coming off the injury. So, and he's like a Ronald big Blair. We didn't he, mention he, Ronald Blair. you got to get him in the mix too. Like, So Nick he's Bosa. Gonna rotational, he's going to be a rotational pass rush guy. So, yeah. you know, Bosa is not going to play 100% of the snaps. So, yeah. But you, you will have a guy that you feel comfortable with. And last year, I want to say he had five and a half sacks. So – there's definitely room for uh, production from him. If you can get five and a half sacks from him, but still, you know, get double-digit sacks from Buckner, double-digit sacks from Ford, and, you know, close to double-digit sacks from Bosa, you have a legit, legit pass rush. And I, and I guess that's what they want. They just – they probably won't really care so much about the run. They just want to make sure they get after the quarterback. Life can be stressful. But getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there's no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork, or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family, and in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause that. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in just minutes. Just go to ethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. Again, that's E-T-H-O-S. Getethos.com. Yeah, and... There's one thing that they could really screw up is if they do trade down and then that pick becomes a bust. If they they pick Nick Bosa and he doesn't even pan out, which would be shocking, I don't think they would get shit for it. But 
literally, if they trade down and take Montez Sweat or something at six and try and get too cute, John Lynch could lose his job here. So this draft pick and the way he performs is going to be huge. All right, let's move to Odell Beckham. It, it just continues to be in the news. There's a long article on ESPN.com this week written about, I guess, the Giants didn't call back the 49ers. They, they had the Browns deal in place. They didn't use it as leverage at all. My take is that they – they weren't scared of the 49ers getting Odell Beckham Jr. They're just that bad of a franchise. They're very poorly run that they were kind of dead set. I guess Gettleman is buddies with John Dorsey as well. So I know 49ers fans are really bitter about not landing Odell Beckham Jr. The, the season would be so exciting. You know, Cleveland's <laughs> not Super Bowl favorites, but I mean, I, I get that the buzz would be out there. I, I still think the offense is going to be fine. I still think they're eventually going to land their number one wide receiver your take on all the Odell Beckham to SF, it didn't happen. Are, are you totally bummed? I know I was pushing for AB. He's totally out of control. I, he's going to ball out for Oakland. Um, you know, I, I would have preferred Odell. I never thought it was realistic, but just it just sounds like the New York front office really kind of – you just can't trust them to make good moves. Right, right. Yeah, and they're, they're kind of feeling how we, we, we've been feeling the last few years. Um, somehow I got added to this group chat on, on – uh, Twitter, I, I don't check in all the time. I have them muted, but every once in a while I'll check in and kind of see what these dudes are talking about. And it's like all Giants fans. I don't know how I got in there, but <laughs> they are pissed. They hate uh, Dave Gettleman. They don't like anything that's going on. Uh, they think that it's just a disastrous situation there with the Giants. And it's kind of funny to see someone else kind of like, you know, looking like a dumpster fire because we've been that organization for the last five years now. So um, that's good to see. But as far as Odell Beckham goes, it, one thing that kind of stands out to me about that whole situation is that the 49ers are definitely trying to improve their receiver room. There's been a, a whole thing about the 49ers and, hey, they don't need a number one receiver. Kyle Shanahan said they don't need a number one receiver to have their offense run, and that might be true. But with him trying to go get Odell Beckham, it does show that, now, we are trying to improve that receiver room, and we're going to, you know, look at all of our resources to, to making sure that happens. Right. I wanted to have the uh, combine, they met with, like, five or six receivers. Um, so, yeah. yeah, no, they're definitely they're definitely going to – that's what that tells me more than anything. They are looking for a guy. They're not just going to, you know, say, hey, we have Pettis and Goodwin and Bourne and, and Jordan Matthews, and we're going to be fine. Like, I, I don't think they're – I don't think that's what they want. I think they're like, you know what? We need another guy in here, and and then we'll make everybody else, you know, just fall in line. Definitely. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I rewatched Jimmy Garoppolo's first three games last season, and that Minnesota game, he actually took over a little bit in the second half. Had some really nice yeah, throws. End of that game was good. The Detroit game was really he felt uncomfortable because he got sacked a bunch of week before and you could t just tell like he was a little off, which is to be expected. The Kansas city first half was a disaster, but the second half, he really started to bring them back. So excited to watch this guy play next, next season. Where is he right. going to struggle though? Like we've seen the highs of him um, look like in the red zone. He's not really a defined passer there. He's had a couple of high targets to Kittle. So, you know, I would come out watching in training camp. Can Jimmy Garoppolo be very accurate in the red zone? Because the 49ers the last two years have not been good in the red zone. I, I really think that's going to be key for him. I I do think we should expect some struggles. He's not going to be flawless. You know, looking at him on film, what are you hoping that he improves? Where are you a little concerned about him? 
I think a lot of it comes with confidence. Um, and the confidence comes from being able to get in the rhythm with the offense. Uh, you know, it was still early. We we saw, even in those losses, we saw um, some throws where it's like, okay, this is a guy. I remember there was a throw, I want to say in the Chiefs game, he, he threw this deep out with a guy like barreling down on him. He got smacked, and he threw this perfect sideline throw deep out. And I'm just like, man, this dude is good. It's just getting in the rhythm. And a lot of times, because they haven't put a whole lot of resources into the uh, receivers, he I mean, who's he really throwing to that is a guy that can take over on that side? You know, like, does he have a receiver that can just take over a game? He hasn't had that. Does he have a receiver that he can count on to get open or be open even if he's not open? And he doesn't have that. So that's kind of been more the issue. There's no bailout guy. Everything has to work perfect for him. to, Or he has to make a perfect pass for the offense to work. And you saw that in the Lions game where they went press man across the board, 49ers struggled a bit. Saw that in the in the, uh, in the Chiefs game, I want to say on the first drive, you had a yeah. drop by you had a drop by um by uh Pierre Garcon that could have moved the sticks and kind of helped the 49ers get in some of a rhythm and kind of quiet the crowd down a little bit. Once the 49ers uh got down, that crowd was rocking. That crowd was rocking. It was so loud. Um, you saw D Ford and Houston just getting jumps on our tackles because the crowd was just so loud. Our line, our edge, our edge uh, pass protectors were late getting out of those stances. You know, there were a lot of things that you know when you just kind of go back and kind of look at what they're going through in that game. It, it was a tough one for the 49ers, and uh, you know the receivers didn't do him any justice. They didn't help him at all. No, they didn't. I really hope they help him this year. I, I could see Jordan Matthews starting day one. I, I'm not totally convinced that Kendrick Bourne is going to take this leap and you're going to start him and Dante Pettis together. I, I did want to – we're going to wrap up your podcast. Croc's got his kids um, crawling all over. and He's got a beautiful family uh, doing his thing out there. Glad he's on the line. Wrapping up with you. When yeah, they signed yeah. Kevin Coleman, was your take that – Kyle might play this guy a lot, that they're worried that McKinnon isn't fully healthy, that Rito was nicked up a lot. I think it's a good idea to have three good running backs, and I think they're going to keep Mostert, too, and have one of them inactive. Rito could be an active week one. That's how good they're feeling about that room. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like the running game. Uh, I, I like what they've done with that. They have a lot of dynamic receivers. Uh, I mean, running backs, they all do different things, so I think that's going to help a lot. Uh, and when I say di- different things, like even though they're kind of similar built in stature, well, not not Coleman, he's kind of taller, but the other guys, kind of short, stocky built, you know, everybody's fast, but they kind of pack different things. I think that, you know, Breda, even though he improved in the in the passing game, I still don't think that he's like as natural of a pass catcher as Kevin uh, Coleman, as, uh, as Jarek McKinnon. So they're, they're still kind of different. And I think the main the main thing that I look at with the whole thing is if one guy goes down, you still have two guys that you invested a line in that you really like. And I don't think we had that last year. Once McKinnon went down, it was like, okay, they're scrambling to get a guy. They get Alfred Morris. That didn't work out at all. Okay, we have Jeff Wilson. He fumbled every time he touched the ball. So we were a lot, we were in a lot of trouble once McKinnon went down. Dude, I'm going to – I've been the Kyle defender, and I know we've gone back and forth like – I think he is borderline top five head coach. I know he's more offensive mind. He's got some things to work on. He doesn't even really get involved in the defense. 
his way of building a team, he doesn't have a big running back here. And if they are all injured this year, I'm going to point the finger at him. The receivers are small. If they're injured, I'm going to point the finger. This team isn't big enough and physical enough to withstand a season. So I love that he loves small guys. But if for the third straight year this team battles injury issues on offense, I'm going to say they, they don't have big enough players. This team's going to need to beef up. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I, I think a lot of it comes with the training staff. So I, I kind of – I don't have, like, sources, but I know people who know people. So yeah. so when um, when Jason Verrett was going to be signing with the Niners, um, I had talked to his cousin because Verrett's from up this way. He's from Palejo uh, or Fairfield, which is, like, 40 minutes from me. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people from the 707. And – uh what my what my homeboy told me was, oh yeah, I I think he's gonna sign, and he sent me screenshots of like, uh, they call him Fever, but they he sent me screenshots of Barrett uh, talking about the 49ers uh, and how his visit went, and one thing that he was really excited about in the in the in the text message that I saw was that he said, man, the the training staff that they've done, the you know they revamped the whole thing, they have this machine, I guess that you stand in it. And it shows you where there's like inflammation and stuff like that, so you can kind of prevent in, like bigger injuries from happening before they happen. So I guess that's some kind of like big machine that the 49ers have invested in. So hopefully that helps because, like you said, not the biggest team, uh, more more built on speed. Uh, I, I hope that 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 machine could kind of help, you know, kind of solve some problems because I mean it hasn't just started with Shanahan. It is it's been going on since. I want to say the last year that that Harbaugh was there. Yeah, I mean there were like twenty injuries just to the defense. When, when I'm like, I don't even know how they're gonna be able to field the defense right now. Like there were so many injuries, and ever since then it's just been bad. It was bad with Chip Kelly. It's been bad with Kyle Shanahan as well. Wrapping up with Croc, he's gonna have a cool announcement sometime coming up soon. Um, appreciate you, bro. I these KJ podcasts used to be forty minutes. We get in, we get out. We're gonna we're gonna talk about NFL draft and stuff coming up. Appreciate you guys. Uh, wait, I did see someone left me a comment about AJ Green. I didn't answer that last time. I don't think the Niners will trade for him. I don't. The Bengals would ask for at least a second round pick. If it was a third round pick, I would potentially do that deal. If the Niners didn't like a receiver, but then again, you're adding another veteran here. You've added Richard Sherman. Um, at some point, you've got to get your young stud receiver. Um, yeah. I don't think people look. I mean, it's like, yeah, AJ Green, the name, and he's definitely like a talented guy. But he's like he's 31 years old now. There's not AJ Green like he looks young. <laughs> like if you just look at him or you look at his face, he looks like he's young. But like dude's like 31. There's not like he's just like this young flying around receiver anymore. He, he's kind of getting up there in age as well. So it, it sounds good to get AJ Green, and he definitely probably would be an improvement over guys we have. But how much draft capital do you spend on a guy that's kind of aging? Yeah, when they don't have a lot of picks already, we'll see how everything shakes right. out. All right, my bro. I'll catch up with you again soon. Appreciate your perspective as always. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.